To do one. No. <laughs> Go do it. Do it now. No, Try. I'm fine. Push it on out. I have this weird thing where when you my tummy gets yeah. yes. So for auditions, uh-huh, I'll be same. like sitting there and I'm like, here it comes. And I'm like, excuse me, do you have a toilet? Oh my and then God. some of the casting rooms, the toilet's mm-hmm. like right there where you're sitting and there are other people sitting around. And then I'm stuffing toilet paper down the toilet to muffle the sound of the poo running the water. And I'm like, oh, my God, the smell. Thank God I have perfume. You can spray, spray, spray. It's Ugh. really crazy. So that happens to me. And whenever I yeah. get like a little bit it, – and it's even – it's not even nerves. It's also excitement. I get excited yeah. and I'm like, I, I know. need to do poo. We talk about this all the time actually because, well, Sonia, our nanny who I love so much and she's a doula <laughs> as well and she's been a birth doula for me and a postpartum doula. But um, she cracks up at me all the time because if we're like, okay, like we're driving through the airport and I am one of those people that I get nervous on the way to the airport. What am I nervous about? (laughs) Why am I nervous about going to the airport? It's so silly. But like I start getting nervous and I'm like, okay, I got to like get my uh, boarding pass. By the way, most people just get them on their phone and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get mine at the gate, you know, and like (laughs) – Nobody else does that. Um, so I get nervous about that. And then we like – and then we're getting close, approaching. And I'm like, ooh, I'm like so much anxiety is building up in my tummy and butterflies. Oh and I'm like – and as soon as we get there and we get out of the car and I'm strapping the baby onto me, every yeah. single time I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, can somebody stand with the car? Can you guys do a couple of laps? <laughs> Oh my god! Or Why if I'm by so myself, triggered? I don't know. I get triggered every time I'm I'm traveling. So for anyone who sees me in the airport, some, if I'm sweating. Like, um, that's why. Oh my god, I and, think you have well, travel so trauma. I must have. Well, I do have travel trauma. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table, settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? Uh, splurge on some fancy champagne with the gals or order fine dining to the house and watch a good true crime doco. Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I get nervous about 
flying, even though I fly a, a, a lot, or I did before the pandemic. And then uh, same with auditioning and <laughs> or just like anything that I'm about to do. When I was a kid, I used to get up and sing at church. Like it was every Sunday and I'd be like getting up to sing, but I'd have to go light up the bathroom first. I'd be like oh, – my goodness. Back out. And they're not like the normal poops either. They're like – No, <laughs> it's like a stress. I know. It's a stress. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't believe because well, we hold effect. our emotions in our bellies, <laughs> so our digestion is affected. Well, don't they we're not say the that only your ones. brain? No, it's the brain gut connection, right? So, it's like, exactly right. Your brain is connected to your brain is sending messages to your tummy. Your tummy is sending messages to your brain. The worst one, and I know people <laughs> will know what I'm talking about here. You know, like let's say you're on a date with a hot guy or something, mm-hmm. or like you're just around someone you want to impress, and you get the urge to fart. And so oh, no. you had there are there are multiple <laughs> choices that you have in this moment. You either like walk over to talk to a waiter and do a quick little uh, and then come back to the table or you do what I have done over the years and learn the art of the suck in and then your stomach starts going bleh, bleh. <laughs> My my butt did that the other day during our <sighs> podcast. And I was like, oh, then, just oh my no. tummy's um, grumbling. And then your stomach was like probably very, very um, distended and uncomfortable as you're sitting there. I know. It's like just let it flow when it needs to come out. Just let it come out. Do you know it's funny that we have a theme of talking about poo. It talks I know. It like is it weird. all the time. Is it why? Why is that? I think it becomes a natural part of your existence when you're a mother is that you're <laughs> dealing with so much poo. Like if you think about think about your morning, right? Okay, I wiped multiple booties this morning and uh, changed diapers and we're in the middle of potty training. So we have a baby running back and forth to the potty telling me that she has to pee-poo 25 times. And I don't know if it's a pee or a poo. <laughs> pee-poo. Yeah, it's a pee-poo. And then uh, it's just like poo just becomes – like it's not something that my own personal – like I don't, I don't poop. Like I don't know what you're talking about. I don't – like Eric and I, when we have a yeah, – we, we no. That is bizarre to me, by the way. I don't talk about it with him. When he brings it up, I get sweaty and I kind of – I'm like, oh, hi, yeah. We're not going to have this conversation. Do you fart in front no, of each other? No, I don't. No, no, no. <gasps> Would he let a rip in front of you though? Not really. No. Oh, my God. I you know. guys are so weird. Well, I know. <laughs> I wonder if there are other people listening to this right now being like, absolutely not. That is disgusting. Why would you ever do that in front of your spouse? I know. I know people who are like one way where they'll do full poos in the toilet. Oh my God. I could never. Literally could never. only during birth. Could never. Is there an experience where Eric's like, oh, she also poos just like everyone else. She's also <laughs> someone that poos. This, and that's what like, poo like. Yeah. So, okay. So caveat, we're going to talk about poo a lot on this uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, on this podcast. Also, oh, we should probably wow. do a little intro to our podcast. So hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Days. I had way too much coffee this morning. So if it feels <laughs> like I'm running uh, hot over here, it's because I am. Um, I'm Sarah Wright Olson, and um, I'm Teresa Palmer. <laughs> we are the Mother Days. You are listening to and you the guys Mother are our daisies. Days. Yeah, welcome. I like that daisies. Name. I mean, I love hey, it too. Daisies. I'm a flower child at heart, so I love listening to the daisies. Do you see how long my hair is right now? I'm in full hippie mode. <laughs> I've got the flow dress. You I have do. my hair is almost down to my bum. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been cut in about three years. Oh my gosh. Um, I need a trim. Looking wild. 
So for any of you who are just joining us for the very first time, we started a blog eight years ago called Yours and Mama. Then we wrote a book, did a bunch of video logs, some postpartum, mm-hmm. some uh, pregnancy video logs. And now we are bringing yeah. you The Mother Days. A podcast. A podcast. There go. Yeah. So a if podcast. you – Not that there are any other mothering podcasts out there. <laughs> We're certainly the only ones. So, That's right. Uh, but ours is going to be really fun. But it's going to be fun. We're, we're talking to cool people. That's right. We're talking to some fun people. We're we're fun people. We're people who like yeah. to have fun. Um, we do. If you are folding laundry, driving down the road, uh, drinking kombucha or coffee. Alcohol. Sitting in a bath. <laughs> <laughs> what are like your what, fa- what are your I favorite ways listen to, to listen to a podcast? Um, do you? I'm like I weirdly uh, lie on the floor in the shower. Oh, there you go. And I put my I put my phone in a cup <laughs> to amplify the sound over in the corner on the bench in my shower, yeah, and I lie and I listen to uh, true crime. You are so you're just like you love to live on the I'm edge. Here. You live on the edge. You're like yeah. that iPhone. Rebel, they said it can get wet now, so I'm just going to put it in my shower in a oh, cup. By the way, how bullshit is that? I feel like so many times I'm like, oh my God, it's finally 100% yeah. waterproof. No, it's not. But then you still have to get the bag of rice out when you drop it in the toilet when you're doing a poo and it falls out. Oh my God. So and annoying. we're back to poop. Um, so strap on your yoga pants, Your uh, put on your long white dress. Your patchouli. Put on your patchouli perfume. Um, (laughs) Huddle your little bodies and your boobies that are feeding your babies around the campfire. And let's freaking do this. Let's do this. We're so excited today because what are we doing? What are we talking about today? We're talking about birth, my favorite subject in all the land. (laughs) But specifically, we are talking about, we've, between us, we've had many births, um, but we are talking about the uh, the event that is your first birth, your very first birth, and how uh, how weird and wild and wonderful it is, and uh, unexpected. Mine was certainly very unexpected, and um, I think it's a particular kind of experience because we go in with these expectations of what birth might be like. We've never experienced it before, so we're just sort of thinking we know what's going to unfold, and then. Uh, it's like you get hit by a freight train and uh, it's uh, not really your experience anymore. So that is what we're talking about today. We were at each other's first birth. Yeah, it's kind of fun that we're doing our first birth podcast because both of us were present. So anything yeah. that we don't remember on our own or as the doulas love to say or the midwives love to say is that everybody has a very different experience at your birth than you do. So, mm-hmm. and it's true, like you carry in your own stuff to a birth um, as a person who's present at birth and then also as a mother who's entering this space. So a lot of times there's moments where you kind of leave this world <laughs> and you go up into some other space um, in transition or whatever it is where you're um, just like maybe potentially not fully present here, but you've gone internal or you've gone inside. Um, mm-hmm. So other things that are happening around might, you know, might not be something that you recognize, which is what happened to me at my birth. Yes. You're in the zone. You're in the zone. You're in another, you're in a faraway land. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I don't know what that land was like. I'd like to know though. You should try and explain what your coping <laughs> mechanism was 
She looked very peaceful, though. She was, you're a, quite a silent laborer. Oh, my gosh. I love that you said that because inside my brain, it it feels like I'm so loud. It, everything wow. feels so loud to me. Um, I do think, before I jump into the story, I do think that I, I have uh, auditory um, sensitivities. And so I think that in my normal life, I have them where um, this like really loud noises trigger me. They bother me. Um, so there's a lot of times when things are getting kind of chaotic where I'm, I have to like tell myself to, you know, I'm okay. You're okay. Everything's fine. You don't like my energy will start to go. And then, um, and then I feel like a little unsettled. And so the same thing on another level happened, happens to me every time I give birth where like if anyone's talking in a, in a normal voice, it's times 10 in my head. <laughs> so like when a nurse talks everyone to me, I'm like, shh, 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 shh. I'm like shushing everyone or at least I think I am. I'm telling everybody to be quiet. It doesn't sound very nice inside of me, but everyone says I'm very polite. Everyone says I'm very polite. <laughs> You were, you were really polite. I know. I'm telling you. I left. Uh, I left Sarah's birth with PTSD. So there you go. Yeah. I was. I was 12 weeks pregnant, and uh, I was one of her doulas, I guess, one of her birth helpers. Yeah. And uh, like the first three and a half hours, I was good. I was yeah. like, wow, this is amazing. Birth is beautiful. Wow, what an experience. And we got to the end, and I was like. I'm cannot do this. Uh, what was I thinking? I'm taking home birth off the table. Oh my god! I am going to be put out. I'm going to be put to sleep, uh, and someone will take this baby out of me. I uh, I had some real trauma. I had to unpack. That's really. I feel birth. so bad that that happened. And you know what? I'm going to try no, really hard. It was good for me. I'm going to try really hard to not. Uh, trigger anyone today <laughs> no okay so um what's kind of wild is that this pregnancy happened nine years ago uh, my son is gonna turn nine in 2022 um which is so crazy so um I was yeah I was very pregnant with him um, and approaching my due date and uh, the doctors were telling me or the midwife, everybody was telling me um, that he was going to be a big baby. And um, I, let's see, um, I started off with an OBGYN and then transitioned to um, a midwife and somewhere during my pregnancy. And then um, and then when it got closer to the um, due date, I started to get a lot of contractions, but like Braxton Hicks contractions. Um, I've now learned that the reason I got those is because of the positioning of the baby. He was coming down a, a, like a little off of whatever they call like the, the ideal, the optimal position. And so anterior is optimal. Yes. And um, it was causing my body to have these um, Braxton Hicks contractions all the time. And so it, my body was trying to move him into position. Um, but I was planning a home birth and uh, we were excited. I'd been reading so much Ina Mae Gaskin, Spiritual Midwifery and Ina Mae's Guide to Childbirth. Um, these books fueled me with stories and stories that were um, amazing. And if you haven't read those books, they're oh, they're so inspiring. Um, 
and entertaining too. They are so entertaining. Okay, I have a question because I wonder if other people are thinking this. Okay. This is your first birth. Yes. What made you decide <laughs> a home birth? Because I think traditionally people who haven't given birth before, they figure out what all their friends have done before and, you know, the advice is, oh, find a doctor that you love and have a birth in hospital. Yes. Where, where did that – so if we could just, like, rewind it back for a second, I just want to know why a home birth? All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mamas and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. We always end up putting ourselves down the very bottom of our to-do list. We jump from one activity to the next and we're always meeting the needs of everyone else around us. I think it is time for a little self-pampering. This Mother's Day, make every day a spa day for all the moms in your life with Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural, citrusy scent. I think the greatest and most thoughtful gifts are the gifts that you actually like love yourself, something that you use on yourself. And I love using the Mega Moisture Duo. It makes my skin so glowy. It's like super hydrating, firming, smells amazing. When I give my kids a hug after a bath, they're like, you smell so good. (laughs) It is my absolute favorite gift and such a great gift for Mother's Day. Yes. Folding in self-care is a moment to practice mindfulness, it's self-love, it's compassion. And we all know if you run your battery flat, it's harder to recharge. A consistent body care routine promotes healthy, glowing skin and also supports your mental health. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOTHERDAYS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOTHERDAYS for 10% off. All right, as you guys know, we are we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? A silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. 
As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Well, um, when I was pregnant with Wyatt, I got to around uh, month four. And um, I remember going into my doctor at the time and talking to her about my idea about the way that I wanted my birth. And and she just didn't seem very um, – I don't know, into the idea that I wanted to have this natural birth at the hospital. She was kind of like, well, we'll see what happens. And and uh, it made me feel uncomfortable. And I had done something. I think I had had a cold and was like coughing and, and hurt my rib a little bit while I was pregnant. So I needed to go get um, some help from a chiropractor because I was having trouble with mobility and I was in pain a lot. And so I went to see this amazing chiropractor named Dr. Berlin and um, – I was laying on his table and he was working on uh, my back and I was telling him my story about my OBGYN and I was like, yeah, I'm from Kentucky originally and, um, you know, I I don't have any friends who have given birth here so I just kind of know that you're supposed to be with an OBGYN and then go to the hospital and he was like, well, have you ever thought about um, doing a home birth? And I was like, uh, n- no, I haven't. <laughs> and I was like, is that something that people do? <laughs> and he was like yeah, it's something that people do. And um, so he kind of introed me to, you know, Ida Gaskin and to um, watching the business of being born. And he was like, look, just check it out and see how it makes you feel. Like, is this something that you're interested in? And um, and I was very interested. I was like, wow, oh, yes, this is the experience that I want to have. I'm um, mm-hmm. everything that sort of had been laid out to me about a hospital birth that was um, – at the time, it was not something I was super excited about. And also, I just felt a little, I don't know, that felt scarier to me than a home birth uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I don't know why, but that was just something that was coming up for me. And so then as I was talking to him and to other people, um, they were saying, look, you got to do what makes you feel the most comfortable, right? Because when you're in birth, like you want to feel comfortable. If being at the hospital um, and having a natural birth at the hospital makes you feel the most comfortable, then then you should do that. If being at home mm-hmm. makes you feel the most comfortable, do that, right? And so and, – and there's a lot of things that come into play. Like you have to have a really healthy pregnancy. You have to be a good candidate for it. Like I wanted to make sure that I was close enough to a hospital if anything happened, you know, all of those things. So – this all of those check all of those boxes were checked throughout my pregnancy and then i was like oh i'm doing this i'm going to have a home birth with this midwife and she was one of those people that was like okay i need to know your diet you need to be walking 5 miles a day i was like 5 miles a day <laughs> i was like hello and you really committed to that too <laughs> i was like how do you do that it takes hours you know like i'm not walking fast i'm waddling and um and she was like, you can't – don't walk hills because it builds too much muscle in your lower abdomen, like walk flat ground. And I was like, so what, I got to go to like a high school track and do that? So I did that. I went to a high school track nearby. You really committed to it. <laughs> I love it. I was like, I couldn't find a flat neighborhood. Um, I mean, I did do some neighborhood walking. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, so I – 
um, was committing to as much uh, walking as I could, eating healthy, and then we were approaching doing this home birth. And you know what's interesting, and I probably should lay this out here, if you're going to do a home birth, there's a lot more that goes into it than just like, oh, I'm going to have my baby at home. Like there's a lot of stuff you have to order or, um, you know, have prepared unless your midwife is like bringing all of the stuff over. Um to have a baby at home because, you know, there's a lot of mess in birth. And so um, when they're like, oh, you should get a small package of wee-wee pads. Like, no, no you should get like a giant package of wee-wee pads because there's, there's going to be a lot of oh, – yeah. we ran out of wee-wee pads at my first birth and we ended up using like newspaper and anything else that was like disposable, right? It was Teresa. Yes, we did. I was – I was chasing her around with these puppy pee pads. Like, we've only got one more. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's lots of fluid There's that a comes lot of, out in, from all the holes. That's true, from all the holes. So, <laughs> you know, I had this idea of what a home birth was going to be like. And um, and I was excited to, to give it a try. And, yeah, it was my first birth. And a lot of people were like, I don't know if you should do that. First births take a really long time. There can be complications. Like – if you've watched any animal documentaries, which I do all the time with my children, you'll see that when animals are birthing for the first time, it's really complicated. Um, same with us. You know, like a cow's giving birth in the field, you want to keep an eye on them when they're giving birth for the first time. Uh, second and third, you don't really have to watch them. They can kind of go do it on their own. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but – Farm facts, okay? They're going to have some farm facts on this podcast. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, so cut to it's uh, it's a couple days before the birth and um, my husband is going to have to go back to work in a few days and uh, my amazing doula, Anna Paula Markell, says to me, you know, if you're concerned about your husband having go to go back to work, then maybe just talk to the baby and tell the baby like, hey, Maybe it's time for you to come now. If there if there's an opportunity for you to come now, daddy has a few days off, let's do this. So Eric and I lay in bed um, on this like – I think it was like a Wednesday and we both started talking to Wyatt and we knew his name at the time. So we were like, Wyatt, you know, daddy has to go back to work in a few days. If you can come soon, that would be amazing because then, you know, he'll be able to have some time with you. Um, and then I start going into labor the next morning, um, and which is crazy, right? So I don't know if it was a coincidence or what it. it is, but I definitely felt – No, you know it's not a coincidence. <laughs> well, uh. I felt very connected to, um, mm -hmm. you know, just having that conversation with him. And then uh, the next morning I woke up and I was like, wow, I feel really crampy. And I went to see my midwife, and uh, she – checked me and I was like one centimeter dilated, but um, my contractions were really um, consistent. They were about 10 minutes to eight minutes apart, um, but lasting all day and I was still feeling the pressure and everything. Um, the, I, I think that the for me, the cramping uh, kind of just felt like warm pressure <laughs> that was happening and then it would like release. My belly would tighten and then it would release. Um, and then as the day went on, uh, my midwife was like, you should go for a walk, like a long walk. And so I did a three-mile walk um, while, I was, while I was feeling all of these things. And maybe that was a little overdoing it because I kept having to stop and get on all fours and things were feeling really tight and really heavy. 
Um, but I was like, oh, this is going to help, you know, move things along. And so that night, um, it was still feeling pretty consistent, but I didn't feel like I was in full-on labor yet. And so I decided to just lay down, go to sleep. And as soon as I started to rest and get really comfortable, um, and I think I dozed off for a little bit, then I woke up and it was way more intense. Like things felt real. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. game on. Wow, this is consistent. I started like timing it for an hour. At this point, it's like midnight. I write my midwife and I'm like, I'm so in labor right now. (laughs) It's full on. Um, And I'm laughing because (laughs) it was my first time. And so I I thought like, okay, from the initial feelings of uh, those waves and, and feeling like you're in labor to when it amps up a little bit more that at that point you're like well the baby's about yeah to come, exactly so. like I felt like and even though <laughs> you're I, like well this must be when the baby comes that's so. right and I I read so much about it in um you know Ina May's books with every single birth story and so those moments when things would change a little bit those are the moments that kind of the women were talking about you know, moving around more or rolling their hips and then things would amp up even more. And then it was like transition time, right? And so I was sort of mm-hmm. like making everything go faster in my brain. Um, so, yeah, of course. right? Yeah, I was like making it all move ahead. So I wrote my midwife and I must be 10 centimeters. Oh, 100%. Now, I have to be 10 centimeters. Three hours. Yes. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm fully dilated, yeah. ready to go. Uh, exactly. So I ended up going, uh, go, calling my midwife and she um, was at another birth and she was like, I'll come over and then I'll check you and we'll see where you're at. And um, I was around two centimeters at this point. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And by the way, my doula was there like, I was very present. I was like rolling my hips. I called Teresa and I was like, this is happening. Get over here. <laughs> and yeah, it was like 2.30 a.m. And I was like, is it? Am I? Should I? I like, I remember. And Teresa was like, I don't want to miss so anything. Fast, thinking the baby was about. I thought the baby was coming. Yeah. So I was like, mm-hmm. I like drove the 45 minutes so fast, pregnant myself, being like, oh my, oh my God. Because I, 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 I was taking photos. I know. So I was like, oh my gosh, I at least have to get him coming out. Jeez. I need to arrive and he'll come like five minutes later. <laughs> Little did we know. Little did we know. We had a long way to go. Um, so, yeah. So then at this point, um, Teresa comes over and my doula's there. My midwife is peaced out at this point. She's like, guys, this is this is going to be a while. I'm going to go take a nap. And so um, <laughs> That's right. I, yeah, she was exhausted because she just came from another birth. So I'm rolling my hips out on a yoga ball. Eric's prepping the birthing tub because, like, I'm convinced I'm going to give birth in the water. And, um, you know, Teresa's taking photos. And there's a lot of really good oxytocin flowing in the house, right? Like, everybody's mm-hmm. got good vibes, good feelings. Um We're pumped. We're pumped. And we are ready to try all the things. Like, we're going to (laughs) try everything possible. And um, I spend the evening – I did not get into the bath in the evening. It happened um, the next day. So I spend the evening doing all of the, like, uh, dancing with Eric, like, holding on to the wall, holding on to um, the yoga ball, like, everything I can to keep moving, but, like, rolling my hips out. 
Um, and it's clear that, uh, the, that I'm feeling a lot of pressure on the right side of my body. So what that tells me now, I mean, obviously not then, is that there was um, – the baby was in a, a kind of a, a weird position. Um, mm-hmm. So cut to it's the next morning and the midwife is going to come and she's going to check me. It's like 7 a.m. or something. And I'm feeling – no one's had any sleep. No one's had – not a wink, not a little schmidgey. Apart from the midwife. <laughs> she's had a great old snooze. <laughs> And so, oh God. so she comes and checks me and she's like, you are two centimeters dilated. Oh God. It was And I was like, mortifying. wait, what? Um, okay. And to say that I was a little bit discouraged, um, I already knew that there was a chance that I could maybe not be dilated anymore. And I was prepped for that, right? So I was a little bit discouraged. So she says, you know what? I need you to go on um, – and maybe we had moved like one centimeter. Maybe it was three at this point. I actually think – I think it was four. Four. Okay. All right. Okay. I remember distinctly <laughs> I thought you were giving birth imminently. I was like the That's head right. is coming out. I'm ready. I've got my angle right by That's your vagina. Right. That's right. And, and she it was, was like, so you're at a four. You're at a four. Okay. Okay. So I'm four centimeters dilated. Like, oh, four. Fuck me. <laughs> I was just like, we're in for I it. I wanted to die for you. Like, I literally was like. Because it had been, you guys, ha- it had been a lot. You handled it so beautifully. And I was like, okay, okay, so I've moved two centimeters. All right. So at this point, I'm. she tells me to go on a walk. She wants me to go walk outside mm-hmm, for two right. hours. It's August. It's hot. Um, it's like mm-hmm. 7.30 in the morning. And so I'm like, okay, let's do this. I have photos of Eric and I right before we leave to go on our walk. So Eric's going to walk with me for one hour. And then Anna Paula, my doula, is going to walk with me for one hour. And everybody else is going to like take naps and and sort of like eat something and get their themselves feeling good. And so we go into this this two-hour walk. And then we come back. This is the, This is the point where we really think that – Something is going to change. And then our midwife, uh, and I say our midwife because Teresa also used her, um, but she comes yes. back and checks me after these two hours. And I haven't moved at this point. There is no, like, it's four centimeters. Nothing's changed. And so she says to me, um, "What what's happening in your mind over the last, like, however long this has been, hours? Um, and I said, you know, I just keep trying to envision like a tunnel opening up or like a flower opening. I'm trying to visualize mm-hmm. um, these things happening in my mind as because I'm I'm trying to help my body like like coach my body where to go, right? And so I had read about people visualizing. And by the way, this totally works for people. She looked at me yeah. dead in the face, and she goes, "Stop doing that." <laughs> And I was like, okay. She's like, it's not working. That's not working. And I was like, okay, okay, all right. So that's not working for me. We've tried that. Um, moving on to the next thing. And so then she was like, you know what? Does it sound good to get in the water? And I was like, yes, this is what I've been wanting to do was get in the water. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was like, yes, this sounds amazing. Let's do that. And so I get into um, – Let's just insert here mm-hmm. for a second why this wasn't an option earlier. So oftentimes your midwife or your doctor 
won't want you to get into water until you're in active labor because oftentimes getting into water, everyone gets really relaxed. Maybe the contractions slow down. So obviously at this point, your midwife was like, all right, we've been trying all these things. She's now at four centimeters. Like, let's just see if this changes anything. So she gets in the water and keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I get in the water and um, everything does start to change. Um, My body relaxes. The pressure on that spot on my right side that was hurting so much um, has now released a bit. And I'm really getting into a groove. So I'm kind of doing this thing in the birthing tub where I'm moving my body from one side to another. And then there's this thing called a rebozo that doulas will use where they kind of do this thing over your belly and it, it sort of goes back and forth. And, with a and Yeah, with a scarf. And it, um, it helps to um, move maybe – the baby out of position a little bit or whatever is happening. Um, it helps release mm-hmm. your muscles. It releases the pressure. Yeah. And so hel- helps you a little bit and then helps your body it's to relax. And so my doula is using the rebozo on me while I'm in the water. And then um, I just start doing this flow back and forth when she's done doing that. So I'm, I'm kind of like going from my left side to my right side. And Eric comes over to help me because it's hard – because the water's actually kind of deep. It was hard for me to keep my head up. And so he's like mm-hmm. holding my head up above the water and I'm just going back and forth. And this is my optimal – This is my optimal position for me. This is like, okay, I finally found my groove. Like this feels so good. And I fall asleep in between each contraction. I'm Mm -hmm. falling asleep for those like one minute, whatever, 50 seconds, whatever that is. And it feels like really good sleep. And then I'm waking back up again and having the contraction and then falling asleep again. And he's holding my head, poor thing. I have no idea. Do you know how long I was in there? Hours, like a few hours? About three. Yeah. Four okay. So he's. I mean, he talks a- about like he was holding a squat. <laughs> he was holding holding a squat. her head in a squat for that long, and everyone we started getting worried about him. We're like, do we? Should we try and help? Him? I do know. We, let's at least bring him some water, some snacks. So he's trying to get out of the squat, reposition himself, and every time I grab him in this like death grip, and I'm like, no. Don't move. I need you, you know, and and he's like, oh, okay. And of course, he's like so loving and wonderful and wants to be so supportive. (laughs) And he um, stays with me the whole time. And so then finally, my my vocal, my sounds that are coming out out of me start to shift a little bit. And Mm -hmm. um, at one point, I started saying like, Oh, and my my um, doula, she goes, she goes, say yes, say yes. Every time that you get this big feeling, say yes and mm-hmm. invite this feeling to be even bigger. And I was like, yes, you know, and I was like, bit bigger. <laughs> and I just kept asking for it to be, I was like, wow, you know, I kept saying wow and yeah. yes. And so, um, and inviting the, the rushes to be bigger and stronger and and so then my vocalings, like my vocal uh, noises started to change and they became a little deeper, a little mm-hmm. guttural, a little more animalistic. Gushural. Yeah, on accident. I mean, like I wasn't doing it on purpose. And um, my midwife came in and she was like, 
okay, this sounds really good. This sounds promising. She's like, let's check you. And I was like, okay. And so then I, I, they had me get up or get out so she could check me, right? Onto the bed. Onto the bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. checked me. And at this point, I have gone from four centimeters to like, what was it? Eight? Nine? I think it was – you were right about to start transition. Yeah. So you would have been around eight yeah, centimeters. Yeah, it was around yeah. eight centimeters. Everyone cheered. <laughs> Everyone was like, yes! yes! Like we all, you were working so hard. So incredibly hard. <laughs> and like what you didn't know was happening like over the 24 hours or however long it was, we would have these little sidebars with Eric. Like he would uh, walk out and he was like, why does it go? Oh His eyes like – like he was keeping it together so beautifully with you and being so supportive and just like very casual and calm and cool. And, and we'd all go out into the kitchen to get a snack and he'd be like, Oh my God. And I'd be like, Oh my God, how is she doing? (laughs) We could not believe how you were handling it. It was unbelievable. And it's like, we all took a breath and went back in that room to be because you were just, I was in the zone. It was Unbelievable. I was totally you really were. in you really the zone. Were. And, then, and it's almost as though you weren't even aware of how long it had been. No. You were, you were very present, which thank goodness, because they always say take each contraction one at a time right. rather than think about how much longer you have. Yeah. You seemed to be really present, which was just such a beautiful thing to to watch and observe. Well, I was, you know, I, <laughs> I had read that you could fall asleep during contract, like in between the contractions. Um, but I totally got what that meant. It was just like allowing yourself to just rest your eyes and your body will take the sleep that it needs, right? So I I really mm-hmm. was falling into that. That feeling sometimes when you start to fall asleep and your body feels like it's falling into the bed and then you're like, whoa, am I, am I <laughs> where am I? Yeah, um, yeah. That, that kept happening, which was nice because I think I really needed it. Um, so then once she checked me and we were, we were at this point, we were all so pumped up. Everyone was so excited. Yeah. And then um, positioning-wise, it, like, uh, it felt like my body was ready to push, but it wasn't time to push yet. Um, and, and I kept having the feeling of needing to push. And because baby was in a certain position where he was like all the way on my right side, um, it was making me feel like I needed to push. Um, and so then what we ended up, oh, and my water hadn't broken yet. That was the other thing is that my water hadn't broken. So, um, and we kept like trying to figure out if I had peed. I didn't know if I had peed. And so, because I didn't, I was in the water for so long, I couldn't figure out if I had peed or not. And so then we were like, gosh, I really need to release urine. Like that's important during birth as well, you know? And so, cause there's Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure with that. Um, so then I end up, it makes the contractions more intense too. If you're not, if you're not in your bladder, that's right. That's right. So then we start doing like a lot of different things where I'm pacing back and forth in the living room. Um, I'm going into, uh, the bedroom. I'm against the bed. I'm against the wall. I'm kind of fast forwarding through all of this a little bit where, cause this is going on for a very long time. Um, but then they all started telling me, you know, when you're feeling like you're about to go into a contraction, just drop down into a squat and see if that's going to help a little mm-hmm. bit. You're not pushing, you're just dropping down into a squat. So I started doing that, but then my body really wanted to push um, every time I dropped down into a squat. But I think it was like 
it had to do with me releasing the urine. So, and I was pooing all over the house, like all over wee wee pads mm-hmm. everywhere. Yes, yeah, it was these cute little piddly poos. These little like squirts would come. Out. <laughs> I was catching them. That is, and there would nothing go down cute about that. Just, like we were, it was so cute because there were these little like pitiful like. <gasps> Oh my like it God. wasn't even a massive release. It was just this tiny little. And I was, we, me and me and Sarah's other friend, Casey, oh, yeah. we were like wiping you. Well, that's what I was like, just about to say is that Casey showed up. up. This is about the time that Casey showed up. I was in the living room. She walked in the door. She's wearing a gorgeous white dress. She is stunning. And oh I gosh. barely notice her. But um, I did remember she was wearing white and thinking, oh no, I'm going to get her so messy. <laughs> And I hope it's not a fancy. Ruin her designer dress. <laughs> For sure. So she pops in and like, she's like, what have I just walked into? Because I am pantsless. I'm wearing a tie-dye tank top, one of the very few things that fits me at this point. And uh, it's huge. It's like, you know, bigger. It's like, I don't know. It's like way bigger than a, a normal tank top for me. I think it was Eric's tank top. And... um but you run hot. As a, you I run so hot. So I really we just wanted to be you. naked. But I also kind of wanted to wear something because I was going back and forth between air conditioning and outside. And it was just August. It was so hot. And so I had this big tank top on, but I was pantsless. Like no underwear, no pants. Just walking back and forth, pacing in my living room. And then uh, I go into the bedroom and I'm holding onto the bed and I do a squat and then I pee. Big, huge pee, big release. Everybody thinks my water broke. It didn't break. It was the most massive pee that I've been holding on to for so long. It's just a nice wee. Nice wee. But we were excited about that too. Super excited about that. We were cheering on all the things. All the things. All the – everything that was coming out. Everything that happened. Oh, yeah. So then we get to – I'm nine centimeters dilated because my midwife checks me and she's like, you know what? I'm thinking we should break your water. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, And so she breaks my water. Baby comes down against the cervix and my cervix starts to swell, but we don't know this yet. So, um, mm-hmm. so it actually, when the cervix starts to swell, it's closing the cervix a little bit. And so at this point, I go out and I'm doing the stairs. I start going up and down the stairs a whole bunch of times. And I'm listening, I'm going back and forth between that and listening to like African drum music to try to like wiggle my hips. And I'm a horrible dancer, (laughs) horrible dancer. But they're like, listen to this beat and like wiggle your hips, right? And so then I'm like trying to wiggle my hips and I'm like, what are they talking about? Everything they asked me to do, I did it. And there was no happily, happily with, a smile. with a smile. Okay. No question. Sure. Anything. If she asked me to do 40,000 squats and go up and down the stairs sideways, um, and I did it. You're like, I'll try all those things. All the things. And every time you're going and going to have a contraction, go down into a squat on the stairs. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. Um, and then we realized that my cervix was swelling. And so I had to actually now get into a position on the bed where she would massage my cervix as the baby is um, head is coming out. And help sort of open it up. Because mm-hmm. usually cervical lips like but like nine to nine and a half yes. centimeters. So she should have been, she would have been fully dilated and pushing Yes, if it weren't for the cervical lip. That's which right. Which is like very, the cervix is very fatigued. It's now swollen. And poor Sarah, she's lying on the bed, and the midwife has the hand up the vaginas, uh, 
and is holding it open and massaging and holding it open, stretching. And, oh, Sarah, you were For four unbelievable. hours, you guys. For four hours, I was hearing all of my wonderful friends and midwife and doula tell me that they could see the head for four hours. <laughs> it was four hours. I've never heard of this before. I know. Like I think at the time I was like, what? But now I'm like – I Pushing actually, for four hours so is a very long that time. I hear, yeah, for, yeah for, don't worry, people. That's probably not going to be your story, but it was Sarah's, yeah. and yeah. you handled it like an utter champ. <laughs> well, hours. I didn't Sarah, know it was four hours, crazy. but it was so. It was such a long time of pushing the baby mm -hmm. down, and it was the baby's positioning. Honestly, it, that's what it was, and mm -hmm. so. And and he's a big he was a big bub. He was a big guy. He was a very thick and girthy, you know, like the whole middle section mm -hmm. of him was huge. So it wasn't really his head. Um and then I'm just gonna kind of But she was doing this with a hand up the vagina yes. the whole time. Her hand was up my vagina, pushing the cervical lip to the side. Um, I don't know how long it took for the head to get past the cervical lip, but once the head was past the cervical mm -hmm. lip, then I was able to like push a little bit more. But it was because he was so thick in his yeah. middle, that part was hard to yeah. get through too. So I'm going to kind of fast. Did it feel productive though? No. Like once, once his head was mm -mm. past that, it didn't feel No, I ne it never felt productive for me. Actually, I don't think it's ever felt productive for me to push until – the very end when the baby comes out, then I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that's productive. Yeah. But not, like, oh. nothing feel. Yeah. I don't feel things happening the way that other people describe. Like, I can feel the baby coming down. You know, I can feel like them inching towards pushing. Feels so good. Like to me, I feel really hot and sweaty, and like I'm gonna throw up. And um, those are the ways. Mm -hmm. Like, like those are things that come up while I'm pushing, as opposed to being in labor. Feels more like the romantic version of, you know, birthing, which is whatever that means to you. But to, to me, like yeah. that sort of being in labor, having the waves, riding the waves, but we get to the end, the pushing part, and it feels like a, it's a lot of work for me um, to push mm -hmm. the big babies out. And so, <laughs> um, so then I'm going to like kind of skip through four hours of pushing into towards the end where um, we get to this point where I'm on all fours at this time and I've been in a lot of different positions during this pushing process. Um, and the midwife's assistant is there now. So that feels really good. I'm like, okay, things are really happening. She's warming up blankets. Like things are are moving along. Baby's getting closer. I can feel it. I can feel that that's happening. Um, and then and then the baby gets um, – it. it gets a little stuck. There's like a sticky shoulder moment where the midwife gets nervous and um, my doula comes into my ear. They start talking about – They start – there's a whispering going on. Yeah, there's like a little – I don't hear any of that just so you guys know like – Yeah, we were here. This we is, were privy to it. Right. This is want. only information I have after the fact. For me, I was just fully focused on pushing baby out and I felt good and I felt positive and – um, my story is that I wasn't feeling any fear at all, um, which is great because it means that no one was giving me that energy. Everyone was like giving me really positive energy. And then mm -hmm. there was a moment while I'm pushing and everyone's encouraging me that my doula – and I'm exhausted at this point and I get to this moment where I'm about to push out the baby, um, but it feels really intense and – I don't have any contractions happening. 
But my doula comes into my ear and she says, the baby's been in there for a long time. You need to push him out. You got to do it now. And she was like, so get inside of yourself and give yourself a really big push. And come on, Sarah, push that baby out. And she starts coaching me yes. in this way that is, I could cry right now. <laughs> oh my God. I could cry oh, talking about it because I have goosebumps. Because I swear if it wasn't for her in that moment, I don't think I would have had the energy to to do that. And it was such a critical moment mm. to get him out of my body because he'd been stuck. And so – and the midwife was like – she had her hands up inside of me underneath his shoulders yeah. trying you to – Yeah, I'd been flipped over. My husband had said in my – To the Gaskin maneuver. Yeah, my husband had said like we need to turn yeah. her over into the Gaskin maneuver – um, you know, because the baby's stuck. And so that puts your hips in a different position and helps the baby to like reposition and then come out in a different, in like a different way. And this is an Ina Gaskin move that he read about in uh, the book that I gave him and said, please read this book. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> and Gaskin so, maneuver. which is so cool. He was like, the ga- we need to do the Gaskin maneuver. And the midwife was like, let's mm-hmm, do it. Let's mm-hmm. turn her over. And everybody like turned me over. Um, and so this was that moment where the doula's in my ear and she's giving, pumping me up and saying like, come on, mama, you've got this, reach yeah. down, like. And then the whole room started being like, come on, Yes, Sarah. and they were like, oh, push amazing. this baby out. And I just, I didn't even have a contraction at that moment. I just started pushing and I pushed with everything inside of me and the baby came out. And I will tell you that nothing feels better in this life than the moment the baby exits your vagina. <laughs> once It is so true. Once it's out, you're like, oh my gosh, that was the best feeling. Ever. Just that last moment of getting baby out and you're yes. like, oh, it's done. It's over. <laughs> it's done. And then you have this mm-hmm. gorgeous – tiny floppy little meet me I, I mean like oh my goodness and I even left out the part which is fine because I don't want to traumatize anyone where I did pop a rib out of my chest but it was a it was a moment where I was pushing up here in my chest my upper chest instead of mm-hmm. like pushing down in my bottom um and so I was just you should push like you're doing the biggest poo in the yes world. and I was using a lot of like upper body energy instead of lower body and I mm-hmm. um I it was too much for for my uh, ribs to handle. <laughs> um, so yes. Wyatt came out. He was amazing, healthy, very big, um, almost – he was almost 10 pounds. Um, and yeah. and uh, he was – and it was fantastic. That was – that's Wyatt Olson's birth story. That takes a lo- really long time to tell a birth story. <laughs> It does. It does. I love that we thought we were going to have I'm one like, episode for two birth stories. Like, hey, y'all, we might you know have my next week. I think maybe this is part two. There's going to have to be part one, and then part two yes, is your birth story. Yes, this is part one, and then we're doing part, part two. That's right. Yeah, because I want I don't want to just pivot all of a sudden into mine. I want to talk to you about that for okay. a second. Okay, let's talk about um, it. Okay, so so once – tell me about that first hour post first birth how did that feel pushing out the placenta that third stage like please break that down for us oh wow um you know what's so funny is it's not a part that you normally talk about so I do remember it all very well I was very tired but I was riding a high 
that was happening in the room, which is amazing. I was not necessarily hungry, but um, when food arrived in front of me from like you or Casey, somebody brought me lasagna, I was so excited to eat it. Um, there was just so much going on in the room, right? Like the the midwife is cleaning up, the midwife's assistant's there, the baby's on my chest. Like I just can't stop looking at him and holding him and he's so squishy and dumpling-y. He feels like a big fat dumpling on my body. And um, – <laughs> Eric's next to me and he's like, he just can't, you know, he looks so tired and he just like can't even process what's happening. He's looking at the babies, making sure baby's okay. And also we're at home and we're brand new parents and everyone's cleaning up to leave and we're kind of like, he's looking at me like, wait, everyone's leaving? Like, what, what, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> and, and also I'm looking at him like that too, but I'm also seeing like triple vision. Like I feel like I'm just so out of it at this point. And I definitely, after my second birth and my third birth, it's very clear that my first one was a lot because um, mm -hmm. I was so much more out of it. They asked me to go get in the shower um, to clean myself off. And so they were helping me into the shower. But I, because I had hurt my rib, I actually couldn't lift my hands above my head. So I was just trying to like quickly rinse off in the shower and then they helped me out. Um, and then, you know, baby is on my chest for definitely an hour. Placenta's there. They're showing me the placenta, like all of that. All of that happens before the shower. But the placenta's there. It's massive. Um, I could not believe that was inside of me. I was like, what is happening? I mean, you have to birth the placenta. If you've never given birth before, that's part two. So birth is part one. Then you have to birth the placenta mm -hmm. and that comes out after. And that was not a hard process for me. For me, the placenta, I just had to like – I didn't realize I was going to have to push again. So I was like, are you, jo Ugh, are you joking me? It's that worst I've feeling. pushed for four I hours. The baby's out and now you're asking me to push again? And Ugh, I hate they were it. very <laughs> gentle about it, I think. Like I, my, when I gave mm -hmm. birth later – at my hospital births, you'll hear this in, on another show, but um, they are very rough with pushing your stomach to help release the placenta and make sure everything's contracting and like, you know, getting, the, you want, really want to get the placenta out right after. And so um, that part at the hospital was rough, but at home, I, I don't remember that being so rough. I remember them sort of pushing on my tummy a little bit and then I had to do a lot of pushing and then I pushed, not a ton, just a, like a few pushes and I got the placenta out. Um, placenta came out. Mm -hmm. That also feels amazing, by the way. Warm, squishy. It does, all the, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of like, it's this, it's like a heating pad coming through all this area that has, that, yes. you know, that had like a lot of stretching and, and hurting pressure. and pressure and maybe skid marks. Like there's a lot that goes on coming out of your vagina. Um, so this heating – Oh, yeah. Did you – you didn't tear. Mm -mm. Did I had skid marks is what they called it, like where you – Skiddies. It's just kind of like red, um, but I didn't tear. Like a graze. Like a gray. I got grazed. Yeah. Um, so the placenta comes out. Placenta's plopped on the bed. Babies – it's like in a bowl. The baby's laying on my chest. Um, midwife's checking baby out, making sure everything's clear. Um, you know, my husband's next to me and he's – looking at this bait we're both just like what just happened <laughs> it was yeah putting myself back there I'm like I just remember being like oh my gosh I cannot believe 
I'm so glad this is over. You know, that part was major and I was glad that it was done. (laughs) It's shocking. It's shocking how physical it is. Yes. Um, I was like a shade of white watching you. <laughs> and I remember I like I like hugged her, uh, I said goodbye, I made sure everything was good. And I drove I got in my car and I drove and I just called Mark crying, just crying, like, I just can't do this. What have we done? Why am I pregnant? Why how's this baby gonna come out? Like you have no idea. And he was like, I do actually know because he, I have a stepson, so he had been through birth before and a home birth, uh, but it sounded so traumatic, that birth. is not beautiful, but also traumatic. And I was just like, what have I done? Like, I can't do Sarah's amazing. She's the only woman to ever be able to give birth like that. I, who am I to think I could do anything like that? Like it was, um, but it was so beautiful. I just, in so many, you know, I think we've, we've looked back on your birth and we've talked about it and we've talked to other caretakers and in any other situation there might have been that transfer to the hospital and the fact that you managed to get through that and you were so calm and you just knew that you had to keep putting one foot in front of the other you just didn't ever seem disheartened you just kept going and I just felt like that resilience was so profound. Ugh. It was so beautiful to witness. Well, thank you. I I don't I don't know that there was um there was never another option in my mind. It was like going into it, I was just going mm-hmm. to listen to everyone around me, do everything that I could um to make this happen. I really really wanted the home birth and I had in my head that I was like, okay, if I have to transition to the hospital, um, if I have to like, if something, you know, comes up, then I'll do it, right? But I'm going to do everything I can to make this happen at home. And um, I wasn't discouraged because I guess I didn't, I, I had so done so much reading about other birth stories before and I'd watched them on videos and I just I knew that this could be a process, um, but it was my first time, so I wasn't expecting pushing to be fifteen minutes. I wasn't expecting um, I don't know, like I I the water part to like the water felt so fast to me, and yet that was like four hours, and I had a huge I went over a huge milestone in the water, and I learned a lot about like what my body loves when I'm in labor is like water, you know, and being in the shower, being in the bath. Um, So it was, uh, I think just my will to keep going came from um, as long as everyone around me seemed like everything was fine and and safe, then I was just going to allow myself to stay in my safe place. And by the way, I think there was a lot of moments where things didn't necessarily feel safe in my home birth, and none of you guys mm-hmm. let me think that. Like when we were done and everyone was cleaning up and I was laying there with Wyatt and I was definitely <laughs> exhausted, I felt this major high of how incredible that experience was and now I'm this mom and this is my life and I'm so excited to start this journey. But everybody else had had a really intense experience watching me push for four hours Mm. and 
this process and getting scared at the end about like having to go on all fours and all this stuff and and the baby needing to come out when it needed to come out there was a lot everyone had a little piece of of you know something inside of them that was like it was kind of got kind of hairy at the end it was a bit sobering i think i was just i had read all the books and as well and i was like it's just gonna be like one of these she'll go into the field and yeah and squat and the like, baby oh, comes out uh-huh squat the baby comes out and it was just like it was so intense yeah. to watch and it you just went to that place that you had to do to survive it and it but it felt really it also felt really big for me I think probably because I was staring down the barrel of having to do that in you know six months time um so yeah I just you were Wonder Woman you really there I just was like there's nothing no one will ever be as strong as this woman (laughs) it was unbelievable what you conquered but I think it definitely informed your choices in the future Mm -hmm. when you were pregnant again because it got to that place because you know it it did It, it sort of took a turn at the end there where everyone started feeling slightly wobbly uh but you just pushed through and we got it and we had that amazing outcome that we all wanted a healthy baby and healthy mama and all those things but I think um you know that probably did help shape your decisions in the future yeah you got pregnant again it definitely did it made me think you know if I'm gonna apparently you know my midwife had told me that when you have big babies the chances of you having a bigger baby the second time are pretty good so um I was like well if my baby's gonna be bigger the second time I think maybe I'm gonna try doing this in the hospital um with Mm -hmm. you know an amazing OBGYN that makes me feel really good and really safe and um and just just in case because if Wyatt got stuck and he was you know almost 10 pounds like if this baby's any bigger like let's just play play it safe um and you know what the ad for the second pregnancy which we'll talk about later um that did feel like the safest choice for me and it wasn't a choice Mm, based out of like oh I'm afraid it was a choice based out of what feels I'm going to check in with myself and see what feels the most comfortable for this birth I had a home birth it was amazing for my second birth which is not Normally, people will have like a hospital birth and then do a home birth for their second birth or their third birth yeah, or whatever, it's right? The other way around. And so, I had a home birth, and then I was like, "Okay, I think for this next birth, it's it feels better for me to do it at a hospital, but still birth the same way that I want to birth." And um, mm. and it totally turned out that way, which was awesome. Um, and it's funny, like, um. I, it made me way less afraid of doing a hospital birth and I'm more open to just like, you know what? I think birthing is happening within us. It is who we put around us. It's the people that we've asked to be on our team. It's um, the mindset and what I've prepared myself for. And if it happens in a car, on a sidewalk, in my house or in a hospital or a birthing center, um, it's going to be my story, my birth with this baby, our journey, and, um, and I'm going to own it. And I'm going to um, mm-hmm. be grateful that, um, you know, that the baby comes out healthy. Like that was my plan. So Absolutely. Um, 
thank you guys for coming along with my birth story. Sorry that it lasted so long, Teresa, and we'll get to yours no. in part two. <laughs> no, it was so beautiful. I'm so glad we gave it all the time that it needed because it's such a special one. And I think there's probably so many people listening right now who are pregnant for the first time and thinking about, wow, what is my birth going to look like? Yeah. So I love that we're sharing these very different stories, um, your story and my story that we'll hear in part two, they are different. And then you'll hear our subsequent births when yeah, you're sharing which are every also single very one different. of our births. <laughs> They're all so different. Um, and yeah, it's just my favorite topic in all the land. So I'm so glad that we got to do that. That's another really cool thing about reading. You know, if, you, if you've if you read our book or if you've read Ina May's books, when you're reading other people's birth stories, you realize that like there's no two stories that sound the same, right? So mm -hmm. my experience was what it was. And although you've maybe just listened to it and been like, wow, that was really intense. I do want you to know that like for me as the person who's going through that experience and I was the birther, um, it wasn't an intense experience for me. It was intense in terms of like, okay, this was like a lot of pressure and is my first time and like I'm feeling pressure in my body and I'm feeling the rushes and like all of those things. But this wasn't a scary thing for me. It was a beautiful and incredible experience. And I'm grateful to my doula because she was such a champion in my ear and to my friends mm -hmm. and to my husband who was like my rock through the whole thing. Um, and I'm that that story to me, that experience to me was amazing. So although it might sound kind of like in insane or intense um I want you to know that when you're in it you're really in it like your head you are it's it's all happening with you to you and around you um so I, I just I don't want anyone to walk away feeling fear from that um everyone's story is is unique to themselves <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Mother Days. And join us for part two when uh, we get to hear Teresa's story with Bodie. That's right. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.